So now I was three years old and he threw me in the deep end. And I thought I was, I was like, I'm gonna die. So now I was three years old and he threw me in the deep end. And I thought I was, I was like, I'm gonna die. You know, and he was like, yeah, yeah. He came fourth that year. We brought in exciting players like J. Cole and about space. Everything is being able to do it again and again. Hello, listeners, and welcome to another thrilling episode of the Africa Sports Collective. I'm your host, Hunter, and today we embark on a journey through the thrilling world of sports across the exciting continent of Africa. Today we have the co-founder of the Patriots, Brian, on our show. So thank you, Brian, for joining. Thank you, Hunter, for having me. And Indeed. So let's just get started. So just please tell me a little bit about yourself. Um, like you said, my name is Brian. Uh, I'm an attorney. But I have a natural passion for sports, so everything sports. But uh, I love basketball a lot more because I did play basketball at the highest level, coached basketball. Now I'm into investing in the game. But I actually sort of spend time in you know, golf, lacrosse, uh, what else, you know, uh, basketball, I don't know, volleyball now, but mostly basketball and golf. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. I'm... I know a little bit about golf, but I cannot play. So maybe we can trade some we'll lessons. We'll do that. We'll do that. That's what we're here. I hear you. Yes. So what's one of your earliest memories of sports? And it could be basketball. It can be golf. Like what's what's one of your earliest memories of being around it or playing it, for example? I think that's a um, big one. But I think the earliest memory for me is I think growing up at you know 11 or 12, uh, playing basketball in the neighborhood. There was a court just right behind our house. And then getting able to to travel with the, you know bigger teams like you know able to go and travel with a basketball club, mm. so I felt like I was part of a team at a very early age. So for me that was something that really shaped my my personality, but also shaped uh, the love I had for 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 the game and, and sports in general. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah. I think mine was pretty much the same. I, 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 my first sport was swimming, and I remember oh. being like three, and my dad through me, he was, he was a lifeguard. And my mom was like, you know, she didn't know how to swim. And my dad was like, you're going to learn today. I still remember <laughs> him telling me this. And I was three years old and he threw me in the deep end. And I thought I was, I was like, I'm going to die, you know? And he <laughs> was survived, like, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was like my, and I don't know if that's a good thing, but I was just like, he was like, you're going to figure it out, you know? Cause I think it was, I just had fear of water. I can imagine, you know, my mom was afraid of water. And my, like they, none of them could swim. And my dad was just like, here you go. Oh, yeah. you gonna figure this one out and man. you did and i did and i'm here and i love water so mm-hmm. i think that's that's definitely a, a good thing so you know I, I think we talked about a little bit about you and in, yes. in basketball as well um you know what's when you look at your philosophy when you started like um founding this team like what, what was your philosophy like what did you want the team to be about yep I think for us, the team was it was, all, it was all about uh seeing how we could nurture Rwandan you know talent showcase them to to the world, basically give uh, the platform. So Patriots for us was a platform, not just a basketball club. Mm-hmm. And the platform in the sense that uh, if we went global, then our players would then go global. And and I think we've achieved that over the, the years. You know, we're able to to win the championship here back to back a mm-hmm. few times. Uh, we, you know, participated in the inaugural BAL. Mm-hmm. We came fourth that year. Mm-hmm. Uh, we brought in, you know, exciting players like J. Cole. Oh, yeah. So for us, it was just to see how we could put our team, you know, 
on that kind of pedestal. And, and I think we've achieved that. And uh, what we're seeing today in Rwanda, mm. teams competing, teams coming and beating us, uh, I, I think for us is, is a win. You know, it's not that, that we should win all the time. So you don't right. have to win on court. You can right. win off court. And that's what we're seeing. So that's our philosophy as Patriots. I, I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think one thing I, I remember, I think I was in Sierra Leone. I was in Tanzania. Something, I wasn't here and I saw like that was during the COVID year when yes, J. Cole came. Yes, 2020. Yeah, exactly. How how was that having him in Rhonda? Like, what was that experience like with him? I know he's a celebrity for yes. first and foremost, but yes. how was he able to like, you know, get in get in with the team and like, you know, like how was it having him in Rhonda? I think two two things come to mind. You know, we've all played basketball in Africa and, and we're not very professional as we should be. Mm-hmm. But when you bring in personalities of that nature of that uh caliber caliber mm-hmm. basically it teaches you many things even the contracting process how do you contract with people at this level right how do you protect their name and image and everything around them right uh, how to prepare for their arrival if they're going to fly a private jet into Rwanda, which he did so it, for me it was a, a different kind of ball game you know just preparing myself as a as a as a professional organization so the lessons from him i think will transfer that or transferable to any other player so i think we're ready oh i like that yeah. i definitely like that i think one thing i wanted just to you mentioned something that i want to go a little bit deeper and if you don't mind um, so um, like professionalizing the sport yes. you know what do you like for me coming to rhonda and just other countries and seeing the talent level and you know things you know turning around from yes. a professional from like making things more professional mm-hmm. What do you feel like, how do we continue to make the sports professional across Africa? Mm-hmm. You know, basketball, any kind of sport in general, but just looking at that from your perspective. I, I always say that I'm, I'm lucky that uh, I live in Rwanda and I'm seeing what uh, our, our leadership is doing around sports. Right. The infrastructure, the policies, the drive and, mm-hmm. and the pool for global sports events that are coming into Rwanda. I think just that alone is going to push us to to the highest. And we are already seeing a lot of changes in our own organizations. Mm-hmm. Teams are trying to professionalize. Uh, we're all looking at sports uh, as a business now. It's no longer just grassroots development or going for championships to win, but we're trying to see how, you know, we can create an ecosystem around, around the sport. Yeah. So for me, those are two wins, professionalizing, but also looking at it as a business. And, and, and personally, that has also driven me to actually start a private business that is in the area of sports. Oh, wow. So we have an organization called Jabali Sports Management. Oh, wow. Okay. And we do everything around managing teams, managing players, managing oh, nice. events, you know, but also trying to focus on areas of, of creating jobs around sports. So that's what I see and others have learned over the years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's, I think that's important. I think we're, we're I won't, I don't say I think, but we are fortunate to be in Rhonda where, you know, you're seeing a lot yes. of the development, mm-hmm. sports tourism, BAL yes. coming is it is exciting it is you know and I think coming from the states where you see that's like the norm and exactly. just coming here and just seeing like when you go to BAL or you go to Africa like the the women's basket mm. or any of these professionalized events and seeing the people that are so encouraged and just like very into it and yes. and then you see like the the grassroots yes. grassroots as well so you know what what's been like one of your what's been your experience and experience owning a team mm-hmm. like how has that been you know, I know it's challenging. Like, what what have you learned from owning a team? So uh, one thing I've learned is that uh, 
teams are not what they used to be i think back in the day mm. teams now are, i think a lot more organization than 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 just playing you yeah. know? what we knew growing up was that uh, you just get out there play try win some games and things like that mm-hmm. but now it's an organization you have the hierarchy of leadership you know yeah. who does what you right. know can they do the job can they push the other people to actually sort of work together so there's a team behind the team. Right. So for me owning the team was uh how do you pull together resources, you know, mm-hmm. locally, how do you bring partners in, how mm-hmm. do you get everybody to sort of buy into your 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 vision and and I think as patriots we've seen that happen that we were able to bring in a lot of people so it's it's a team that's owned by i don't know over 50 people wow okay and, and to drive that number of people you've got to be i think good as an organization mm-hmm. in selling your vision and i think we did that. Yeah. yeah. No that that's that's definitely 50 people and just moving 50 people in, in one direction. I and mean, that's a, I, I manage teams for my, yeah. And I'm just like 50, like 10 is already a lot, yes. you know, like two people yeah. is already enough, you know? So, and these are not, uh, everyday people. These yeah. are people who have, you know, owned their own organization. Right. Was senior executives who are leaders in other, other capacities to just bring them to, to lend their expertise, not just the resources, but the expertise yeah. to a team was, you know, great. That is, that is amazing. Mm-hmm. So like when you're looking at the 50 of you guys or just you in general like mm-hmm. what do you look for in a player let's uh, say from you know grassroots mm-hmm. um you know nat- like local mm-hmm. rundees or in like you know international like what do you look for what qualities do you look mm-hmm. for in a player I mean that's quite an interesting question and and, and quite wide but for me and or at least for us at, at Patriots what we do is somebody who's got to fit in our in our in our philosophy so we we pride ourselves as a team of love you know we love mm. each other you know the members love each other the fans love each other so it's a, f- a fun loving sort of environment mm. so when we bring in a player he's got to be able to be family first right so we have t- players who have been with us from the start and never left and uh, we just don't lose those because those are the core pillars of our team mm-hmm. and every time we bring in somebody else we want to see whether they fit with that kind of person okay. we just don't bring in a player because they're great or right. they have good statistics and things like that so we interview the person who is he behind the game you know and stuff like that right. and i think that has helped us uh, i think achieve so much because everybody we brought in at least most of people we brought in over the years were you know part of our family yeah i think that's important mm-hmm. um you know for i, I know a couple of your players yeah. and i play with them as yes. well but they're always just welcoming mm-hmm. you know and we're competitive man yes. like they're yeah like you know we're <laughs> scrapping and we're just like you know we're on the court so there uh, you know the gloves are off uh-huh. there you know mm-hmm. um but it's very interesting to be a part of that and i think the patriots yes. program is strong and even attending your games like mm-hmm. the people that come for the patriots man they are like in there yes. you know these people are just they you know it's more of like that family atmosphere mm-hmm. um and i think that's important so you know you you spoke you spoke about being a lawyer and, mm-hmm. and things like that so how how has sports shaped your career again very interesting i mean uh, when i was in law school i actually did spend some time doing you know sports law you know, oh. actually my thesis was in sports law oh wow but back then i didn't even know that i would ever come back and and, and sort of practice or, or get into the business of sports mm-hmm. uh so over the years i didn't know how to marry law and and, and sports but i quickly realized now that uh, actually sports is probably more legal than many other things <laughs> the whole contracting the whole right. tv rights broadcasting rights right. and uh, managing players right. you know things like anti doping you know all sorts of crazy things partnerships right. in terms of how do you bring teams together to mm-hmm. sort of uh, share experiences if you're bringing a team from abroad to come and actually partner with the local team right so i mean for me I've, i'm i'm lucky that uh, I'm at a time where i'm trying to marry my two careers or professions if you like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I think that's important, you know, for for you just having that perspective, you know, of being a player and also being, you know, a, a starting a team, but also being the person behind the contract. So, you know, when you think about a player, are you playing and in, in like back in the like when yes. you, when you were very competitive, you know, how like what have you really learned? Um, you know, like how have you been been able to transition basketball into you know, your work life. Right, to manage it. Yeah. No, I think, uh, one, of course, basketball is a discipline uh, environment. You know, the rules, everybody has their part to play. Uh, there's rigor involved. You know, there's a lot of repetitions. You know, if you're going to write a play, if you're going to follow a play to the details, the coaches will tell you if you have to learn about spacing. Mm-hmm. Everything is about discipline and rigor and, and being able to do it again and again. And I think... In business, in any career, those are sort of some of the things that you want to carry with you. And and, and sports did give me that. And I'm seeing it in my, my, you know, everyday life. So I need to do things every day. I I don't fear pain. I'll do it again and again. I'll sweat. I'll cry. I'll do whatever it is because I know at the end of the day, I'm going to win. That is a great response um, because I wanted to dig a little deeper on that one. Carry on. (laughs) So, you know, when we're, when we're coaching, or being on the court, you know, mm-hmm. things happen, right? So mm-hmm. you may miss a shot. You may, I don't know, it may be a bad pass. You know, you may be playing defense and someone scores. Um, so how have you been able to continue to be resilient? And what what message would you share for people that are interested in sports from a, like a youth development perspective mm-hmm. on how to like overcome? <clears throat> so, I mean, I think we're going to have a lot, a lot of podcasts coming because now... <laughs> That takes me to another conversation. So we actually own a, uh, what do you call it? A platform called Bounce. Oh, okay, nice. And then what that Bounce means that uh, even if I'm down, I've got to bounce back. I've got to come back. So whether I make a bad pass or not, I've got to fall back on defense. You know, if they beat me, I have to fight back. So we have a platform that's just trying to teach that, you know, how do you bounce back in life? How do you uh, sort of, uh, you know, pick yourself up when everything is just not, you know, not in your way. So we have a whole lot of, work around bounce and then we're just trying to give athletes uh, a chance to sort of uh, pick themselves up and, and, and get or make something of themselves. Mm. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that. I think, you know, when, when just being around sport and at, at, in our careers at this point, like things happen, Please. you know, you may lose a spouse, you may lose a family member, yes. you may lose a job, but how do you bounce back? Yes. And I think, you know, what you're doing with that is very, is very interesting because I think people look at sport and they're like, it's all about winning, No, you know, and it's all about scoring, but there's so many more things that it's about like overcoming, you know, getting up when you're, when you're tired, Yes, like you said, like going through that process and knowing how painful it may be, but like really being a visionary, you know, and like really putting yourself through that. So a couple of things that I wanted to just ask you about when we, when we talk about balance and yeah. overcoming, you know, what's your biggest fear? Oh, the biggest fear is that, uh, I don't think I'm doing enough. Mm. You know, I, I don't think I have enough, uh, hours in a day, you know, and, and I don't think, uh, everybody around me is sort of, uh, picking up my vision. So I, I think those are the greatest fears. Yeah. Brian, we have the same fear. Yeah. We, Amazing. <laughs> Cause I, sometimes I'm like, how do I, get through this day and I've did like 60 things, you know, like, and I'm still, and people, how do you do? And I'm just like, what do you mean? You just, it's just, it's like, it's no other way, you know? And like, it's not going to get done if we don't do it. But you know, when you're looking at 
the impact you're having through bounce, you know, through the federation, you know, through golf, like, and we look at, you know, youth development, things of that nature. Like it's kind of, we, we wear that weight, you know, and I think for us, it's more about how can we continue to move sports in general in a positive light in Africa, you know, and encouraging people to see that sports is more than sports. It could be business. You can go to sports law. You can do marketing. You can do communications. You could, you know, be recording. I mean, there's so many different things I think is important. Um, Yeah. So one thing that I wanted to just see, like when you, when you stop playing, for example, when did you start, like, how did you transition from playing to like, you know, I know you talked about law school as well. Um, Like how did you transition? Um, and like, when did you say, okay, I want to get, yeah. When did you, when, when were you like, Hey, I want to get into sports, you know, like from a, from a player to like a business person. I guess for me, it was, uh, I don't know, just timing or things like that. But when, when I was almost finishing, you know, my career playing, there was a ladies team starting out in Uganda, mm-hmm. A1 challenge. So they gave me a chance to sort of coach them. So that sort of gave me a different uh, view of the game. You know, said looking at it uh, from a different angle. Mm-hmm. It's not longer about you, it's about other people. How right. do you now impact, or rather impart uh, some of the skills you learned right. from other people to these uh, girls. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I, I moved to Rwanda then. I moved okay. to Rwanda about 2001. Oh, okay. So okay. when I moved back home, I didn't actually get involved in any sports until 2013 or 14. So many oh, years wow. later. And this was out of uh, fun, you know, a few friends coming together and saying, you know what? We used to play basketball growing up. Can we play Veterans League? Can we go back to Uganda and compete against our friends? Right, right. So we did a few back and forth. You know, they visit, we visit. Oh, two, nice. Three days of partying, but having fun, you know, but uh, around the game of basketball. Okay. And somebody, I probably guess it was the federation head in Rwanda, mm-hmm. uh, the Okay. who challenged us and said, guys, you can't be playing as veterans and you don't have a team in the league. That's and we true. told him we'll be back, we'll be there. <laughs> and we did come that year with a team. And I think that year we came number two and the rest is history. Patrice is here. So that's my journey. Wow. Wow. That is that is definitely interesting. Mm-hmm. So you spoke about playing in Uganda and coming back to Rwanda. Um, how do we continue to build up like basketball in Rwanda um, for it to stay competitive? Like what, how do we continue to grow it, you know, from, from all different uh, approaches, would you say? Mm-hmm. I think for me, the key is, uh, is uh, actually one. Number one is, is competition. We need a lot more competition for our kids. We need mm-hmm. a lot more uh, basketball in their feet. They're not playing enough. Uh, they're not competing. Mm. You can do all you want to do at grassroots level. You can do anything you want to do in high schools and stuff like that. But for as long as kids are not playing twice a week, they will not. They will never be ready. Yeah, you know what happens in the US. Yes, parents are traveling with their kids all over the world, yes. all over the country, making them play. You know, sleeping in uh, caravans. Exactly, in small motels, just so that the kids can have you know more game. Yeah, so we just need to have that. So everything else is great. I think we have infrastructure going mm-hmm. on. We have BL coming in. We have uh, academies, but we just need to have a lot of competition for kids. Yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's important as well. Like I've. You know, I have a couple kids. I think you've seen them, yes, exactly. you know, and some now Thanks the parents, are, yeah, they're, they're trying, man. Our but, boys, I think I'll bring your boys over. Yeah, please, please. You know, and I think some of the parents are realizing that they want to invest in their, their, their kids, you know, and, and they're like, okay, we want our kids to go play or like go study abroad, you know, maybe get a scholarship and, but always come back to Rhonda, you know? And so I think they're realizing how much more competitive it is. I just want to pick up on that. Yeah, you know, go ahead. I think 
growing up, my parents never even came for any of my games. You see, but today, moms at every practice for the, for their kids, you know, yeah. they go drop them, pick them up. They're following up with the coaches. What is he doing? What is it? How can you improve? Can I get a personal coach for him? Mm-hmm. The academy enough? So the parents are involved. Right. Once you get the parents involved in a game like that, that means the team is growing. You know, so you have coaches, you have parents, mm-hmm. you have the athlete. Yeah. And once that's... Uh, team is put together, mm-hmm. I mean, you'll achieve everything you want because the parents are going to follow up on the diet, it's going to follow up on the academics, it's going to follow up on everything. So want, I think, more parents getting involved in their kids' uh, sports journeys. Yeah, <clears throat> I've noticed that as well. Yes. I, when I first started, you know, the parents would just bring their kids and like, okay, Coach Hunter, like, nice to meet you. I heard about you from so-and-so, and then they're gone. Drop it now, in. the parents are there. Yes. You know, they're just like, my, you know, my kid, oh my God, my kid's doing this, but they're like, Coach Hunter, like, how do we, like, how do we make sure he's doing the proper nutrition? Yes. You know, like, but his grades, his grades are good. <laughs> like he's already making A's and he's like yes. the top student, but how can we make it better? I'm like, yes. he's already doing, but I, I think that's very important. And like you said, if we can continue to put that plug together, you know, with those verticals, yes. with the parents, yes. you know, with the, with the government doing great mm-hmm. things, you know, and us continuing to drive into these kids, I mm-hmm. think Rhonda will be very, very competitive. But also, I think it will attract like people from Uganda, exactly, or Tanzania, I mean, or like amazing. Kenya, or West Africa mm-hmm. to come play. You know, and, oh, yes. and compete. Um, and I think that's very important. Yeah. So we're gonna get, we're gonna switch up and do some fun questions. All we're right? here. All right. So, what superpower do you wish you had? <laughs> Superman. <laughs> <laughs> Superman. All right. So why, why, why Superman? I want to fly and be everywhere. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. I think the one of the last people, they, one guy was like, um, invisible. Oh, yeah. Being invisible. I'm the same. <laughs> like I'd, I'd rather just be here and you guys don't know I'm here and like, you can be free you can yes. talk and I'm just yes. a listener. Exactly. But Superman, I think is important too, because you can be Mid-less. exactly at one time, Mid-less. almost, exactly. you know, so that that will save us a lot of time and like you know you could get a lot more done exactly all right the second question mm. your celebrity crush so who's your celebrity crush Nia Long ah man I'm old school like that I like that all for the movie I like that I like that that is a good one all right this one so what what's your happy place like if you could be anywhere where would you be beach mountain you know, Italy, it, what do you think? So there's a bit of competition there. So oh, nice. every time I travel for golf, I'm having a good time. Mm. But I think my happy place would be traveling for basketball where my team is not playing and I'm just watching basketball. Ah, okay. Wake up, go watch the games. Wake up the next day, watch games. I think I, I haven't had that chance yet. But you haven't had that chance yet because she been every busy. Time, every time I travel, I'm traveling with my team. <sighs> so I'm stressed. I'm in the locker room. I'm in the hotels. So that is so you haven't been able to like chill no. and watch the, no. the team from like the fly on the wall. Just be like, hey, I'm here. No one knows I'm yes. here. But to be honest with you, I think happy place for me is uh, sports travel. Sports travel. So I really, really love uh, traveling for sports just to watch. I've been to maybe three World Cups. Wow. Yes, I've been to Brazil, I've been to South Africa. So, I, I mean, I just love traveling for sports, but I can't wait for my sons to get to a good age where mm-hmm. I can now start traveling with them oh, that's true. for sports. What's your favorite place? Which which country? I know the World Cup is amazing and watching that. So I can't imagine being at the World Cup. But which country was your favorite? South Africa was nice because it was on a continent, uh-huh. but Brazil was different. Completely. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine. I definitely could imagine that. I definitely could imagine that. <laughs> Well, thank you, um, Brian. I really appreciate you joining and being flexible and coming and talking about 
the Federation, like the basketball program. I think you would definitely be another guest. We could talk about balance in detail because um, I'm all I'm all about bouncing back and being resilient, you know, and I think, you know, as as a country, the resiliency of the country. Exactly. And being able to talk about that and just, you know, bringing people through and just helping them understand that things happen, you yes. know, and like, how do we just be as strong as possible exactly. to push through? So I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you having me. Ain't no problem. No problem. All right. That's a wrap for another exciting episode of Africa Sports Collective. Thank you to Brian for coming and joining and talking about Rhonda, the sports, the things he's doing as well. And uh, yeah, listen out for another episode and thank you for listening.